What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to First and Goal, the hardest-hitting, up-and-coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet today. It is Tuesday, November the 8th in the year 2022, and today we got a lot of content. We had a great weekend of football. We got upsets. We got beatdowns. We got games where we were sitting there scratching our heads saying, what the hell did I just watch? Got all kinds of stuff. But first things first, let's welcome back. It's been a couple weeks since we've been in the studio. We're going to welcome back Big Rob. He's been under the weather the past few weeks catching the hell, man. It's good to see you back in the studio, brother. Brother, it's good to be back, good to be seen, good to talk with y'all. Apologize if my voice sounds a little bit wild, but uh, we're going to get through it and bring you out some content and talk a little bit of football today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am glad to talk some football. Like I said, man, it's, it's, it's just good to see you here. I mean, hell, you... You called hell for about last month. Yeah, last two or three weeks, man. It's been, uh, been hell. Laying in the bed, watching football. Not really able to talk much football, but here we are. Well, hell, laying in the bed, watching football. I don't sound too damn bad. <laughs> I'd have to be, uh, be man in the grill, smoking a little meat. This is true. This is true. I had to go on without you this past weekend, dude. <laughs> I had to go on without you. The show must go on. It sucked, but hey, here we are. We got this weekend. That's right, that's right, that's right. Well, man, first things first, I reckon. Let's go to these scores from this past weekend. Let's go over these scores. Where do you want to start? SEC or ACC? Roll off that ACC first, man. All right. <clears throat> All right, we'll start out with the first game of the week, which is Duke and Boston College. Duke pulls out their sixth win, gets bowl eligible, beats Boston College 38-31. to and then on Saturday, we had North Carolina taking on Virginia. North Carolina wins that game close, 31-28. to Didn't see that one coming. Georgia Tech versus Virginia Tech. Battle of the Techs, 28-27 in a close, close game there as well. Well, it's hard to win when you go down three friggin' touchdowns in the first quarter. True. This Virginia Tech team, we're going to talk about that in a bit. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, then we're going to be moving on down to uh, – Syracuse versus Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh pulls out the victory 19-9. Florida State took on Miami this weekend at Miami and killed them 45-3. What a disastrous game that was. Yeah, that was a train wreck and a half, to be honest. It was hard to watch. Definitely hard to watch. And then possibly one of the biggest upsets of the week, Clemson took on Notre Dame. Notre Dame wins this game 35 to 14. James Madison took on Louisville. Louisville wins 34 to 10. And then the last game of the week in the ACC was Wake Forest versus North Carolina State. NC State pulls out the victory 30 to 21. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How about James Madison, man? They finally made it to the top 25 in the rankings, what, two weeks ago? Two or three weeks. What well, never ranked before? You're feeling so good for them. And then they just get smacked around and it all comes <laughs> crashing down. It's like, damn it. Well, you tried. <laughs> Let's discuss a couple of these ACC games before we move forward. Sounds good. <clears throat> what do you want to start? First things first, man. Hats off, I got to say. I'm going to throw it out right now. Coach of the year. First, co- first year head coach of the year. Possibly absolute overall coach of the year in ACC. Mike Elko and Duke, man. Oh, absolutely, man, without a doubt. Mike Elko has pulled off the biggest 
I don't know what you would call it. Just first year turnaround. Yeah. That I think I've seen in quite some time, man. I mean, he took a one, what was it, a one win Duke team from last year? So yeah, two. Might have been two wins, but took them and they're already bowl eligible. Six and three in the year. And I mean, all three games, I, let's be honest, guys, this team can very easily be 9 0 right now. Very easily. I mean, all three of the games they lost, they were in it to the very last second. They have played great football week in, week out, all year. This whole team has completely embraced the grind, as Mike Elko would say. I mean, I can't – I honestly cannot think of a team that has bought into a culture more in one year after just being a, a joke for the yep. last five years now. 2018 was the last good year they had. Yep. So, I mean – to see him come out here and play football like this, it just speaks volumes, man. Yeah. It speaks volumes. You go from a coach that <clears throat> literally said that even if they win one or two games, it was a big deal in Duke, to where you go to a coach that doesn't accept nothing less than excellence. And for him to buy in as quick as what they did and have this kind of turnaround, I mean, you, you got to give them a standing ovation. Absolutely. And, I mean, they played great football against Boston College. Riley Leonard has played great football all season long for a first-year quarterback. I'm telling you. He has been a great story to follow and keep up with and watch. It's been extremely impressive. That dual-head, that two-headed monster they got in the backfield. Outstanding. Offensive line, they're going to miss some of those guys next year because I'm telling you right now, you got some NFL draft picks coming up on that line. Absolutely. But the thing you got to apply with Duke, even even before Elko, man, they've always been – a lineman-producing team. You've always got good linemen coming out of there, and I think that that offensive line will probably reload next season. Absolutely, absolutely. And just to see them come out there, play Boston College up there in Boston, the weather wasn't the best by no means. To see them go up there and take that win, I mean, yes, Boston College has been down and out all year. But at the same time, Duke's coming in this game with a lot of pressure, saying, all right, man, is this the week? Is this the week we're going to be bowl eligible? Is this the week we do it? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of pressure, man, when you're a team that's had that rough of the past several years. And Boston College is coming into this thing just, well, we ain't got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And hats off to the backup quarterback of Boston College. Phil Jerkovic sat this thing out. Hate to see him with an injury again. Third year in a row. Hate yeah. it for him because he's got so much potential. But the backup quarterback – despite the horrible offensive line play, played extremely well, I felt. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, he threw some dimes out there. Of course, he was <clears throat> running for his for his life half the time. I, I ain't going to do that at Boston College this year because Boston College has always been an offensive line, NFL caliber producing team year in, year out. And this year, man, they just they have not had it whatsoever. No, and I mean, you want to talk about you know, especially with the plays that they had, man. There was there was this one catch that Zay Flowers had that threw downfield, got him into the red zone, <clears throat> and with his wrong foot, he was able to get it in. It was originally called an incomplete pass. Did you remember that seeing that one? Yes. I'm turning out Zay Flowers. You that's gonna be a top two draft pick next year in the draft. Top two top two rounds, not about <laughs> a top two overall, but He's going to be in the first two rounds, I would think. I would think you would have to be in the first round, as, as talented as this kid is. Yeah, because he's been showing out for three years now. Yeah. 
I mean, he's just put great film on the resume year in, year out. But just had to give a hats off to Duke, man. Give him a shout out. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> even the defensive play, even though, I mean, Boston College did give him a hint, that defense did play pretty solid for the most part. Oh, they did. And I, the best part about this, man, we still got three weeks left. Oh, yeah. It's heartbreaking to say that. I hear myself say those words. We only got three weeks of college football left in the regular season. But the way Duke's played, man, week in, week out, the way Elko's prepared them week in, week out, they're 6-3. and three, and I don't think they're done yet. No, not at all. I mean, they got Virginia Tech this week, and it just goes on from there. So you're looking at seven wins. Yeah. I hate to say that. <laughs> so, I mean, they could very well be in a New Year's Bowl. It's possible. It is possible. All right. On to the next. North Carolina, Virginia. I ain't got to say a whole hell of a lot about this game besides Mac Brown has continued his resurgence this year with North Carolina. Drake May still playing his ass off week in, week out. Just been another sensational rookie quarterback. I'm talking about a future top-round pick. Oh, man. He's, he's got all the tools. He really does. And on the other side of the ball, Virginia, the Cavaliers, is just – they made a game out of it. And that's something they've been doing in the past several weeks. But still, once again, they just can't turn that corner. They can't close it out. And I just – I don't understand what it's going to take in Virginia. They have gotten better as the season has gone on. I'll give them that. But still having some doubts. I'm still seeing a lot of play – on that side that really doesn't show me that not everybody is 100% bought in to this team. It's going to take time. Yeah. It's going to take time. And I just don't know how much time Tony Elliott's going to have, to be honest. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Especially after <clears throat> he took over for a coach that really wasn't on the hot seat at all. No, no. Bronco had really turned the page of that program and was really up and onward. With them. Yeah, I mean, everybody hated to see Bronco go. And now for him to come in and you know, have the record that he's got, and you're not even sure that you're going to make a bowl this year. With the returning players you have. Yeah, with the returning players. Nobody, they didn't really lose much in the portal, even when Mendenhall left. But, I mean, you're going to have to get your own guys in. You're going to have to try to get everybody bought in. Maybe in another year or two, if you're still there, Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, that's right. Well, up next, the next team we're going to discuss a little bit is Virginia Tech. I'm not going to say a whole hell of a lot about them. I'm just going to say this has been a massive disappointment to me so far this year. Oh, absolutely. I have to agree with you 100%. We both bought into the Kool-Aid at the start of the season. We did, and the offense still has been horrendous. This entire season, it's been bad. The offensive play calling has been very bad. But the bright spot was the defense. But the only downside is here the last couple of weeks, now the defense ain't looking too good either. And it's just, it's really got me questioning because I'm telling you right now, man, there's high expectations for Virginia Tech. I mean, Justin Fuente just got fired, and he was still taking them to a bowl game every year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree there. The thing about this Virginia Tech team, and especially this defense, yeah, they started out the season. They were 
one of the best in the ACC as far as defense goes. But man, I mean, you could only you could only hold your own for so long without help from your offense before you just like screw it. You know, why are we playing so hard when the offense ain't? And it seems like week in, week out, Virginia Tech, it's either the offense comes out the gate and they play pretty good football the first two weeks. I mean, not the first two weeks, the first two quarters of the game. Going into halftime, it'll be a close game, and then you just get blown out the second half. Mm-hmm. Or you're getting blown out the first two quarters, and you're saying, well, hell, this ain't even worth watching. And then at the end of the game, they done made it a close one, but they just can't quite reel them in. Yeah. It's just you can't put four quarters together and College football nowadays, guys, you got to have four quarters of football. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know if it's going to take a quarterback change or, or what, but. I'm amazed we haven't seen one yet. Yeah, I mean. The only thing I can think is maybe you're thinking Grant Wells is going to be there for the next couple of years. So, you're sticking with him where Jason Brown's a grad transfer. Yeah, this is his last year. <clears throat> But, I don't know. I mean, it's football. I'm not going to get into politics and everything. Me personally, I, it's a little bit distasteful that a guy comes in out the transfer portal. This is his dream school. You know he's committed. You know he's ready to play. Might not be the best player on the practice field, but you know he's a proven winner on game day. Right. You know this kid can ball. Right. And to not even give him an opportunity has just been extremely distasteful. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely, 110%. I mean, I've said it to my face turns blue, man. I mean, you, you've got a kid that this wasn't his first choice compared to a kid that this is his dream school, this is his home state school. He's grew up watching these guys play. He's going to give you 110%. Yeah, in the offseason he showed, you know, some signs that he may not be ready to actually, you know, get under center. He wasn't really part of the team. But if you look at this his stats and everything. If you look at his body of work, he always comes alive when the lights are the brightest. <clears throat> he put up better numbers with the Gamecocks last year than Spencer Rattler has this year. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. You ain't wrong. <laughs> but uh, anyways, enough of that. <laughs> Syracuse losing the pit. I said we ain't going to get a whole lot in depth on this one. Garrett Schrader misses a whole game after missing two quarters out of the last game. It's still an undisclosed injury. We don't know exactly what the injury is. All we know is, in the words of Dino, it's a boo-boo that the coaching staff and the team is sensitive to talk about. So, not sure what's going on, but needless to say, if you think Schrader did not make a big impact on the football team, Look at the results when he's not on the field. Oh, absolutely, man. One full game, your team only puts up nine points. Three field goals. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. It was, it was a snore game. It really was, really was. Very disappointing Syracuse. I starting the year off so strong. Yeah. But somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. And this week, Syracuse had to lose. Yeah. Unfortunately. All right. Next game up. Florida State and Miami. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. This is another one that I have found a massive disappointment. I definitely was drinking the Kool-Aid on this one. Oh, you and me both. 
I was drinking the Kool-Aid on one, and I was still pouring the Kool-Aid out with the other one. <laughs> and both these teams have made me look like a jackass this year. Absolutely, man, especially after some of the stuff we posted early on about the U possibly being back. You being back, Norville being on the verge of being fired, which I don't care what nobody says. He was on the verge. That seat was bowling. Yeah. I don't know. But to give first things first, got to give Mike Norville credit. Yeah, a little bit of golf clap there. Yeah, give him, give him some credit, man, because Florida State has put it together this year. and They look like Florida State. They really have. They look like a team that can play football. Jordan Travis, the past four or five weeks, has really put it together. He started off season looking a little rocky, looking a little bumpy, had me concerned. But the last couple of weeks, he has really strung together some very impressive outings. He, go ahead. Not to mention, man, I mean – like we talked about earlier on, for Florida State to have any success, they're going to have to bring the run game back. And that's what they've done. They have. They've been very successful with the run game. They've been able to push the ball downfield. Jordan Travis is not having to be the leading rusher. No more. He's not having to carry the team on his back mm-hmm. and try to make crazy plays. Uh, he's matured a lot to me. I don't see near the showboating no more. The team looks like it is really dialed in and focused. And it looks like they trust each other. For the first time. It does. It does. It really does. And it it has been a very pleasant surprise, and I am glad to be wrong about this team. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, like we were all talking about there before, Florida State, for them to be mediocre, it just doesn't cut it, man. Because for so long, they were always, always looked at it as being – you know, a possibility for a national champion in you know, the last six or seven years, it's just not been there, you know? No, no, it really hasn't. And it's just it's great to see them really getting back together. And I mean, honestly, this, this program has been a mess ever since before Jimbo left. Jimbo's last year or two, it really started going downhill and looking really bad. And yeah. It's just been a long, 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 slow process of getting it back together. And Mike Norville had some really rough years this first couple of years. But I was telling Robert earlier, I said, man, if you really think about it, think of another former Big East and eventual ACC head coach, Frank Beamer. I mean, with Virginia Tech, those first couple of years were really rough. But once he got the guys to start buying in and started getting his guys in there, man, they started playing some great football and getting very competitive. Mm-hmm. So it, it really is great. To see them doing that. It really is, man. It, it's good to hear the war chant really means something again. Yeah, absolutely. Just got to get rid of those white helmets. Oh, please, 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 please. I, can't, I don't like that. But, uh, <laughs> no. On the other side of the football field for this game, though, it's a team that I was absolutely wrong about. I don't know what the hell's going on with the U. I don't either. They started off the year. They looked great back in spring. They looked good. First couple of weeks of the season, they looked very impressive, like a stout football team, looked very organized. And looked like they could be a potential big-time threat in ACC this year. Mm-hmm. And, man, the damn wheels have fallen off this thing. Oh, the wheels have fallen off. It's caught fire. It's rolling down the hill. Whatever you want to call it, Bo, it's – Call it insurance, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's head coach. Chris Ball's done too good of a job, and his form stops to blame a head coach. But 
His coordinators are just getting out coached. Absolutely. By far, the offensive play calling has been extremely bad Yeah, this year, to say the least. You've been trying to be a power rush offense. You do not have the offensive line to do that right now. No. The offensive line has been pretty decent in pass protection, but Van Dyke's been beat up, shook up, hurt most of the year. I mean, Florida State game, you could see the pain on his face. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to watch. And I don't understand. There comes a time as a coach where you got to tell your player, listen, sit this one out. Sit out two, three weeks if you need to. Get back to 100%. Right. That way we can give Jake Garcia or the freshman, number 11, we can give one of these two guys the number one reps in practice, get them familiar with the system, get them really settled in, and give them a good chance to win on game day. Absolutely, man. I mean – if you're hurt, you're more of a distraction for the team than what you are a help. And, you know, sometimes I know as a competitor, you don't want to sit down. You, your draft stock is, you know, you're worried about your draft stock. But if you're throwing, you know, lip noodle or you even hurt your shoulder to the point to where it can't be repaired, you ain't going to the, you ain't going to the big times. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, luckily he's still young. He's only a sophomore. But, uh. Something definitely needs to change down there in Miami. I think there will be some changes in the offseason. But I'm telling you right now, man, Cristobal, it's only year one, and the recruiting's looking great, but the product on the field is not. Yeah. You, you, you've got some big-time recruits coming in, but, you know, you've already, already got people calling for your head. Yeah, the fan base is already starting to question a lot of things. And then when you get blown out, I mean, completely blown out, after you sold out for the first time, and I don't know how long, you sold out Hard Rock Stadium, and you get beat 45-3 to by your in-state, in-conference rival. Yeah, that don't look good on you. No, and that's you're going to see that hit the recruiting trail pretty hard, I do believe. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I, I do imagine, especially if you got Florida State also recruiting the same player, you know, it, you might, might see a, an exodus of recruits. That's very possible. But, that being said, on to the next. Clemson. Falling down to Notre Dame, man. 35-14. Huge surprise. I was extremely surprised by this as well. I just... The only way I can put this, to be honest with you, man, is Clemson just... They did not show up. You're 100% right. Clemson just didn't... It's like, you know, they might have looked at some of the past work for, you know, Notre Dame, what they've done. They might have saw the the Marshall beat down. They might have saw a couple of other big losses. And, you know, just thought that they could take this in a cakewalk. They didn't really have to only give about half. But you only put up 14 points. 14 points. You're supposed to be a high flying. You've got one of the best running backs, in, you know, in the conference. you got one of the best defenses in the nation. And you let 35 points go. Yeah, absolutely. 
And they just they got out they got out coached, they got out played. But a big problem I have with this game, I've had this problem for a couple weeks now at Clemson. There comes a time and you hate to say it, you hate to do it, you don't you don't want to hurt young man's feelings, but there comes a time as a coach where you got to sit down and say, Listen, I love you as a player. But we have to succeed as a team, and we have to do what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. And my honest opinion is what's best for the team is Kate Klubnik. DJ Leungle, he has stepped up his game this year from last year. He looked really impressive early on. But as the season's gone on, the past has come to revisit us, and it looks very similar to the same old, extremely inconsistent Having confidence issues, bad decision making, DJ DJ Leungway. Well, not only that, man, but when you do decide to pull your quarterback, you bring in the young man, the freshman, and he throws a pick, and then you pu- immediately pull him. That's just going to hurt his confidence as well. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I don't get it, man. Because when you brought in Trevor Lawrence, you bench Kelly Bryant. That was it. Mm-hmm. That was game over. All right, Kelly, you're done. Trevor's in. He's number one. Yep. We appreciate what you did here. If you want to hit the transfer portal, we'll do what we can to help you land in a good spot. But if we're going to pick this guy, we're going to go with him. We're going to ride with him. Yep. And let's just be honest, man. If we want for Cade Klubnik, this would be Clemson's second loss on the year, not first. Yeah. Because that Syracuse game was getting well out of hand, and Kate Klubnick came in and played like a damn Heisman hopeful. Yes, sir. And brought him back into that game. And the fact that he went back to the bench after that game, I mean, it's like, damn, what's a guy got to do? Right. I mean, you're just hurting – like I said, you're just hurting his confidence whenever you you immediately pull him or you don't give him a shot the next game. It's just – it's like, what am I even doing trying here? I mean, I understand if you're trying to redshirt the guy – but at the same time, I don't because you just took your possibly your best shot, your loss, and you may not even get into the playoffs this year. Mm, I don't see them making it. The only way they'll make it is if they went out, they win the ACC championship, and they have to win all of those games handily. Yeah. Very handily. Tennessee's going to have to lose a game. TCU's going to have to lose a game. Yeah, TCU's going to have to go down a game. Uh, Tennessee, they're going to have to lose a game. Michigan Ohio's, lose two games. Ohio State or Michigan, one of the two of them is going to lose a game. Yeah. Because they play each other. Yeah. And I don't know who the hell is going to lose that game because both of them played like shit this past weekend. Excuse my language. No, you I thought Holinsky was going to put it on Ohio State. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and then Michigan, hell, they call hell with Rutgers. Yeah. But it's just uh, Clemson's not in a good spot right now. And they put themselves in a very, dis- very disappointing for me. Absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. I mean, as a defense, you got to take pride in what you do. And even if your offense ain't playing that way, you're going to have to at least – Attempt to stop them. I mean, thirty-five points. 
you didn't do your job very well this game. No. No, no. It was a very poor outing for Clemson. Very poor outing. All right. On to the next. James Madison and Louisville. 34 to 10. Enough said. <laughs> it's James Madison, y'all. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> On to the next. Wake Forest, NC State. What the hell is going on? I do not know. This has been chaos this week. Yeah. Clemson losing, Wake Forest losing, NC State. I did not see this, especially with Devin Leary being out of it. What's going on? I don't know. I really don't know, man. I mean, it just seems like this Wake Forest defense is taking a step back. It looks like that um, – I mean, I just – I don't know what to say about it. It's just they're not playing at the same – at the same physicality as what they were two or three weeks ago, it doesn't seem like. No, no, no. They're not playing with the same physicality. Uh, Sam Hartman has been a turnover machine. The last couple weeks, I don't understand. Is he hurt? I don't think he's hurt. I don't know. I think the offensive line is really struggling. Yeah. Because he's been under pressure a lot. They run this kind of read option style pass. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a very, very delayed play action play. It works good because it catches defenses off sides. But, damn it, man, at the same time, it leaves Hartman little to no time whatsoever to make a decision and get a throw off. Yeah, absolutely, man. He, what Hartman has to do is he's he's got the the ball and the and the quarterback's gut, and he's just holding it there. He's reading the defense. He's reading the ends. He's reading the linebackers. He's also and this is like two three seconds. He's holding that ball before he pulls it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's which is a long time, especially when you got teams that are rushing like like they do. But he's holding the ball there, reading the defense. He's got to read his receivers and also look. And when he pulls the ball, he's going to have to get it off. He ain't got no time to sit back there and wait. No, not at all. But he still had a good day, I guess, yardage-wise. Had a good day with touchdowns. But the, can't, the man can't carry the team. No. And they had no rushing attack whatsoever. That's been non-existent the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. And a one-dimensional team does not win football games. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I bet they're beating my missing CBS now. Yeah, and I mean, it sucks because, bro, this is two ranked ACC teams. They're more than likely not even going to be in the top 25 next week. They're, they're out. Yeah. I hadn't looked at the rankings yet this week. But I'm, I'm pretty sure they're out. Let's see. Let's take a look at that real quick and just see what we're looking at here. Wake Forest is out. And NC State's actually jumped up to 17. Yeah, but I'm not talking about NC State. I'm talking about Syracuse. Oh, Syracuse. I'm sorry. Syracuse is out. Out. Exactly. Yep. That's the ACC wrapped up. Let's jump into this past week's games in the SEC. All right, let's take a look at that real quick. You want me to go over or you want, you want to get it? Run them numbers, Big Rock. Florida versus Texas A&M. Florida wins this game 41-24. to What the hell is going on with Texas A&M? Kentucky versus Missouri, 21-17. to Kentucky 
Tennessee versus Georgia. Game of the week. It was supposed to be. Georgia pulls this thing out 27 to 13 in a snore fest. Liberty versus Arkansas, 21-19. Or Liberty. Hugh Freeze beats Arkansas. Alabama takes on LSU in the biggest upset of the week. 32-31 LSU. Auburn versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State pulls out the victory, 39-33 in overtime. And South Carolina versus Vanderbilt, 38-27 Gamecocks. Bowl eligible, second year in a row. Bowl eligible, second year in a row. Find some joy. We're going to get into that. Don't worry. (laughs) First things first. Florida and Texas A&M. Anthony Richardson. Damn it. Yes, sir. This kid looks like the second coming of Cam Newton. He really does. With a better arm. With a better arm? Then, I mean, he's... I mean, it looks like he's made of iron or something because when people hit him, they bounce off. Exactly. I mean... He just, the last several weeks in a row, has played incredible football. They have not been turning the ball over. They've been playing smart, playing great games. I mean, hell, they took Tennessee down to the wire. They've played really good football this season. They've had a couple bumps in the road, but they really got together. Florida's looking good, man. They really are, man. I mean, with a first-year head coach and Billy Napier, it's going to take them a little time, a little bit of time to get together. So you're going to expect a few bumps in the road, but they're starting to play like they've been together for a few years now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. They're, they're looking really good. On the other side of the field, Texas A&M, that seat's a damn pressure cooker. The only thing holding Texas A&M back is all that money they paid them recruits. If they'd have held on to that money, they'd, have, they'd already have a new coach by now. Well, all that money that they, they paid the recruits and then also the extension they gave extension Jimbo. They gave Jimbo in the early early part of this season. But you were talking about Florida State earlier and how that was in shambles before Jimbo left. I mean, looks like this is going to be a common denominator when it comes to Jimbo. Three. All right, I'll put this away. Three out of the last five times a a team started the season ranked inside the top six and finished the season unranked. You know who the head coach was of those three teams? Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher. I'm seeing a pattern here. Yes, sir. And it's the same story every week. Yeah. They had a bunch of players out. Granted, they did have a bunch of players out to the flu. But, I mean, the game started out, and they were playing decent ball, hanging in there pretty good for it. saying, well, damn, they might. Texas a and might get it together this week. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And then as the game goes on, you're saying, yeah, they ain't getting it together this week. This ain't the week. No. And at this point, I'm sitting here wondering, I'm, I'm also wondering, are they going to make a bowl game? Yeah. You ain't lying there. I feel like the, the dumpster fire that happened in Auburn has now spread over to Texas A&M and College Station. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Auburn and Texas A&M play this upcoming week, don't they? Uh, this week, you got Texas A&M at Auburn. 
And I gotta be honest with you, this very moment, I like Auburn. This very moment with Cadillac Williams, I think I'm taking Auburn as well in, uh, in this game. Yeah, man, it's just it's not been very good at all. The Texas a and just been a bad product. And I'm telling you right now, if they finish the season and do not make a bowl game, there's going to be some money coming from Texas. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to have a couple of these uh, these big oil drillers going to be donating some money somewhere. Absolutely. I'd say he probably has a three-week window to fire coordinators and hire some big-name hires and give up the play-calling abilities to somebody else, mm-hmm. or he's gone. Yep. All right, on to the next. Kentucky, Missouri. Eli Drinkwitz goes down. Down goes Eli. <laughs> down goes Eli. 21-17 in a close game. Missouri played a hell of a game. Yeah. Give them credit. That was the loudest crowd I've ever heard Missouri have, by the way. Yeah, I agree with you there. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Kentucky just found a way to do Kentucky things and squeeze one out. Yeah, I mean, you've got the running game back. You've got uh, your quarterback back there that, you know, looks like he's healthy again. For the most part. Yeah. And the, and the, he had a little bit of time this week. No, Not, he, not as much. He, he was getting beat up. He was getting beat up all game. <laughs> it wasn't much improved. But Missouri just, the offensive was, Missouri just couldn't get the ball going. Couldn't make things happen. Brady Cook played pretty damn well now. Yeah. He played his heart out, but it just it wasn't enough. They came up short. And Missouri, you know, they're kind of kicking their ass a little bit because it was announced like two hours before the game started. They just extended Eli's contract another two years. <laughs> Goodness gracious. A little premature there, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, let's wait until the finish of the season before we extend the contract, shall we? Yeah, Texas saying that people are probably sitting over like, Y'all don't pay attention, do you? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. On to the next one. Georgia took down number one, Tennessee. Number three takes down number one, 27, 13. And let me tell y'all something between the hedges. It was rocking. I think that has got to be the loudest crowd I have ever heard for any college football game ever. It was pretty loud. It was. For both teams. It was deafening in Georgia. Deafening. But at the end of the day, Tennessee just, the offense never could get in the rhythm. Georgia's defense just kept them off balance the whole game, just beating them up, beating them up. They did not allow the deep ball down the field for Hendon Hooker. They didn't allow him to bounce around and make plays with his feet. I mean, you really got to give a hats off to Will Muschamp and uh, other def- the other co-defensive coordinator. They came up with one hell of a game plan to stop the best offense in college football. And they really just shut them down. It wasn't even fun to watch, honestly. I mean, on the offensive side of the ball, Brock Bowers, Stetson Bennett, Darnell Washington. That's all you got to say. That's it. That's, that's it. it. I, that's, that's all I can say about this game. I mean, Georgia came in, took care of business, and at this moment, you're on cruise control. You got a wide open slate. 
set the cruise on about 80, hit that hammer lane, you go into the net. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You, you go into the playoffs. I'm going to phrase that. Yeah. Yeah. You might face a little bit of uh, reluctancy there in, in the playoffs, but you on your way to the playoffs. No doubt. But one thing that you do have to say, and you've already said about, you know, this crowd noise, but one thing I did notice about this game is this crowd for Georgia got this got into Tennessee's head, man, and caused a lot of false starts. And a lot of the story is the penalties that had happened. They never could get out of those penalties, the penalty yards. No, you're absolutely right. And, I mean, in all reality, if you look back at the season, Tennessee has not played in a hostile environment all year. I mean, you can say, oh, we played in the sw- in Death Valley down there at LSU. But let's be honest, man. LSU at noon, <laughs> half them people are still out there trying to catch gators and crawdads and hungover and God knows what else. <laughs> they, they still about half asleep at noon. Yeah. Yeah, you ain't getting no gold tigers at no 12 <laughs> in the afternoon. Come on, man. Yeah. On to the next. On to the next. Liberty takes down Arkansas 21-19. Liberty's still a one-loss team. Hugh Freeze once again gets to laugh at the SEC. And, and just extended Hugh Freeze's contract yet again this week. Oh, yeah. They're doing everything they can to make sure he don't leave. Please don't leave us. <laughs> Coincidentally, right after Brian Harson gets fired, they're like, hey, Hugh, I need you to do some paperwork real quick, buddy. <laughs> you ain't got to read it. Just sign it. Yeah, there you go. But uh, what's going on with Arkansas? I don't know. They started out this season looking like a legit contender for the West. Yeah. And they pulled the Mississippi State on us. <laughs> it's just been extremely inconsistent. I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with Arkansas. It's just it's not been good. And it's bad when Sam Pittman even says in his postgame, he said, he said, do you think uh, the guys, there was a little bit of an issue of focus or something coming in this game? He even said, he said there was definitely some concerns. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell is going on. I hope Sam Pittman can get it figured out because. Oh, I love Sam, Sam Pittman to death. He's a hell of a coach. Great mastermind, but you're right. He's he going to have to do something to, to get everybody together and try to get over <clears> this hump because, you know, Arkansas starts out strong and then they pull a Kaiser Sociatis and poof, they're gone. That's the same thing they did last year. Mm-hmm. Same same identical thing they did last year. And I think a lot of it might be lack of leadership on the team itself, not so much with the coaching staff, but you got to have that leader on the team. you got to have that dude who – Rallies the team together and it's like, look, guys, got a big game coming up. Let's stay focused. No, no partying. Let's not get a big head. Let's stay locked in. And I just – I haven't seen that this year. So, very disappointing week for Arkansas. Absolutely. On to the next. Biggest upset of the week. I ain't the biggest upset. Notre Dame and Clemson, that was a shocker. But – one of the biggest upsets of the week. We'll go with one of the biggest. One of the best college football games I've seen. I, hell, it's probably top six or seven all time for me. It's in the top ten. It's definitely the best college, one of the best, we'll say top ten college football games in the last decade for sure. Yeah. 
the game of this season so far. Yeah. Brian Kelly, man. I gave him a hard time when they hired him. I was concerned, especially the way they started the season out. <clears throat> and this team has really dug down, especially after that loss to Tennessee a couple weeks ago. They have dug down, and they have just played really well. Jaden Daniels, quarterback, has just progressively gotten better week after week after week. And this looks like a good football team. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, to directly quote what we said at the start of the season, Brian Kelly has never been a big-time coach or a big-time school. No, this is the first time. He did it this week. He proved us wrong. He beat Clemson in 2020 in the regular season. Regular season, yep. But that was also DJ Leungley's first start ever. And we've seen how that works. <laughs> you ain't wrong. But uh, as far as the big games, the must-win games, he's just never been able to seal the deal. And I feel like he did it yeah. this week. Yeah, he broke the streak. Yes, sir, without a doubt. And, I mean, I don't care what anybody says. Alabama played a hell of a game, but LSU played with more heart than what Alabama did this week. And that's the reason they pulled off the 32-31 victory. Yeah, this ain't a fluky win. No. By no means. I mean, honestly, Nick Saban got outcoached. Alabama got outplayed. And at this point right here, right now, I mean, LSU, Saturday night, they were the better football team. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just – and to go for it, the two-point conversion – we talked about this earlier. Like you said, going for the two-point conversion took enormous amounts of courage because you you know there's no guarantee that you're going to pick up that two-point conversion even with that pass. You know, I'd feel more better than you know to run the ball than what I would throw in that situation. But my goodness, man! I mean, you couldn't have called a better play. No, you really couldn't have. You really could not have. And I just hats off to him. I. I'm excited for LSU. Oh, yeah. I was really upset after Coach O getting fired, but the program was in bad shape. And looking back, honestly, I mean, this might be the change that the program needed. Could be. And they just, they're just a fun football team to watch now. They're a fun team to watch, enjoyable. They like the old school LSU. And I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm wholeheartedly with you, man. I mean, it's. Just to see the change that happened from week one to this week, I mean, this this looks like a whole completely different team. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's almost been kind of like the Mike Elko Duke effect in the SEC. It really is. But that being said, you got to ask yourself, is the dynasty over in Alabama? I don't know if we could call it over just yet. But they ain't making the playoffs this year. No, I don't see making. I don't see how it's possible for them to make the playoffs this year. I don't know if dynasty's over, but I will say I think we are witnessing Nick Saban's curtain call. Yeah, I could agree with that. I'd say. 
next. Unless they go back and win a natty again next year, I think this is probably it. I think we've got maybe one, two, maybe three more seasons of Nick Saban, all depending on what happens next year. But I think we've seen the first chink in the armor broken. Well, I think Georgia established that they have taken the throne from Bama as far as being the top dog in the SEC. And then on top of that, I mean, Tennessee looks better than Bama. LSU just beat Bama. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They're They're not looking like top dogs no more. They're definitely not looking like Bama of the past at all. No. But only time will tell. Yes, sir. That being said, on to the next. Auburn, Mississippi State. Cadillac Williams' first game as an interim head coach. Started off like a damn nightmare. <laughs> Mississippi State won this thing 39-33. In overtime, by the way. Mm-hmm. This game... At halftime was what twenty four six. Yeah, at halftime I thought this game was over. I did too. Hell, they got Mississippi State went up twenty one zero in the first quarter. I said, "Shit, this is over." Yeah. But Auburn came out of halftime, man, and that team played the best football I've seen them play this entire season. One thing I will say though about this Mississippi State team after halftime, it seemed like they did take their foot off the gas for a little while. I mean, did they take the foot off the gas, or did they run out of gas? Could be a little of both. Because Mississippi State, this is another team we've mentioned in the past several weeks, has not been putting four quarters of football together. True. And they have been a roller coaster this year. They have pissed me off numerous occasions because, damn, I loved Mississippi State. I was bought into this team 100%. Yep. And it's just up, down, up, down, up, down. You ever been to Carowinds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been to Carowinds. Hey, you was there with me. They used to have this ride called Thunder Road. Mm-hmm. Old wooden roller coaster. And you take off, you go up this real tall climb. You get all the way to the top. You can see the whole park. And then it just takes off like a bat out of hell. Dropping you straight down, picking you up, straight down, up, down, up, and down, up, and down. These slumps beating the living hell out of you the whole entire ride. <laughs> That's what this Mississippi State season has felt like. Yeah, for real. I mean, it's just been rough. It has been draining. Mike Leach, I don't know what in the hell is going on. You you ramble about things in the post-game press conferences. I'm just like, what the hell is this guy talking about? You ain't lying. You ain't lying. I mean, it's... It's hilarious, but at the same time, I'm like, this is funny, man, but uh, what about the football game you just lost? Right. What about the game you just barely won? Um, I don't know what the hell is going on here, buddy. <laughs> You talk. Mean, you talking about Netflix? I mean, they they keep calling him the pirate, Mike Leach. I think he's been drinking a little bit too much of the rum. What's wrong with that? There ain't nothing wrong with it, unless you you you're trying to coach a head football team. I mean, <laughs> I think I'll have another. <laughs> Fill me up, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But this game here, Mississippi State did get the win. Auburn. Drops another one. At this point, bowl eligibility, I think, is... Out the window. Is it officially out the window for Auburn? I think so. Or is it all but out the window? I can't remember. 
It's basically out window. Yeah, yeah. I want to say it's pretty much. I think they're what three and six. They are one four games. They're either three and four. They ain't looking good. No. But, anyways, last but not least in the SEC, <laughs> South Carolina beats up on Vanderbilt. 38-27. Let me, let me rephrase that. They beat Vanderbilt 38-27. They didn't beat up. No, they beat up on them in the first half. First quarter, they came out like a bat out of hell. Carolina looked like they put a great game plan together offensively. The play call looked great. I mean, Spencer Rattler played, without a doubt, his best game he's played since he's been in South Carolina. I was critical just this past week on Facebook about Rattler, I point out a few things I've noticed throughout the year. Some issues I have with the play column, but also with his play, more importantly. And to give credit where credit's due, he really did step it up. This past week, he played his ass off, made some incredible throws down the field, still did a few things, made me scratch my head, and make me have to take a sip of the old mixed drink. But all in all, he played a very, very good game. But something that was even more refreshing for me was we got to see our old buddy, the carry-on joiner, getting to take some snaps at quarterback. And wouldn't you know it, first snap at quarterback of the game for him, the play goes for a touchdown. Who would have thought that? Where he, he, left off, he, he picked up where he left off. And, I mean, this offense looked very similar to what was raining in the bowl game last year. It looked really well. There's a lot of question marks coming in this game with Marshawn Lloyd being out injured, some defensive backs being missing in South Carolina secondary, and rightfully so. There's a lot of question marks about this team, but how the offense, Christian Bill Smith came out there. He made a good run, even though he was obviously injured. Yeah. Not sure why he was out there, but anyways, it was still great to see him get a touchdown. That touchdown, man. It was like he disappeared in the pile, and then he just showed up 20 yards down the field and well, lost to the races. The offensive line on that play did an outstanding job. What they did is they ran a dive, and when you run a dive, your offensive tackles, your guards, your center, everybody basically crashes down towards the middle of the field, just crashes down, wash everybody down to the center, and go forward, let the halfback lower shoulder just go into the pile and try to get as far as you can. But I like the quarterback sneak, honestly. Mm-hmm. And when Bill Smith went in there, the left side offensive line just washed the defensive end straight into the middle linebacker. Everybody got up in the pile. He just busted the left, and there was nothing but real estate. Mm-hmm. And he took it to the house, and it was a very well-deserved touchdown. It was great to see him break a big run like that because I know he has not had the season he hoped for right. due to injuries and other circumstances throughout the year. But it was really great to see him have a big play like that. Juice Wells had a hellacious game. Josh Van. Josh Van had a great game. Xavier Leggett had a great game. Josh Van had. You ever watch it on NFL Sundays? They got that segment called "You Got Moss." Randy Moss. <laughs> yes, sir. That that should have been on there. I don't know if it was or not. I didn't watch NFL Sunday this past week, but uh, if it wasn't on there, it should have been. He, he needs to get at least a second pair of gloves from Randy Moss. Yeah, I mean, it just it looked great the first two quarters. Hell, you went into halftime, and I think the score was 31 to – I think it was 31-7, 31-10. 
31-10, I'm pretty sure. No, 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 no. It was um, 31-14. to 14. You're right. You're right. 31-14 going into halftime. This thing was looking like an absolute blowout. And then South Carolina, you're expecting a blowout because that's the second half team. That's what you hear Beamer go on about is how they pride themselves on being a second-half football team. And I'm still waiting for them to come out in the locker room. You ain't kidding. They came out second half, and it was ugly, man. Just offense was not moving the ball very well. Defense was giving up some big plays. Defense gave up over 200 yards rushing, by the way, to Vanderbilt. Still don't understand that. And in the second half, South Carolina was outscored 13-7 mm-hmm. to Vanderbilt's second-string quarterback, I might add. Yep. And all in all, I was a little disappointed, but I was like, you know what? Still, we got 38 points on the road against an SEC opponent. Nonetheless, it's Vanderbilt, but hey, they played everybody tough. This is good. I'm going to enjoy this win. We're bowl eligible. Let's take the good with the bad. And then I saw the post-game presser. You don't you you say anything? Go ahead. After this football game, let's just be honest, guys. South Carolina to this point in the season, the offense has played like shit. That's the only way to describe it. I'm not going to apologize for my language on that play because I'm not going to apologize for telling the truth. They played like shit to this point in the season. Stunk. It smelled. Raw sewage. You were getting booed by your own fans in your home stadium numerous times. The play calling was awful. The quarterback play was horrendous. Coming into this game, your starting quarterback had five touchdowns, nine interceptions. Worse stats than four. Last year, you played four quarterbacks, four different quarterbacks in a first-year system, two of which didn't even take snaps at quarterback until fall practice had already started. One of them was already rocking a beer belly because he's a grad transfer. He's a coach. You had Uncle Rico on the roster. And all four quarterbacks put up better stats and the offense turned better numbers with four different quarterbacks playing last year. One was crippled. He was playing with a damn limp. Mm-hmm. Had a walking stick out there on the field look like. <laughs> Brett Favre, after retirement, moved better than hell. <laughs> By the way, I heard I hear Brett Favre might be on the run from the law here soon. That's what I heard. Ain't that some shit? Yeah, I'm telling you. But anyways, I'm not. I'm going to get sidetracked with this because I'm needed. <laughs> All right, four different quarterbacks. That means. Oh yeah, and by the way, also one of those was a Division three college football player, not D two, but D three. Mm-hmm. Just think about that. He was a no star. No star. Zero. Hell, Chris Rock and Longshot. He was half a star. <laughs> This dude's no star. And he had better numbers. Eight touchdowns, six interceptions, and less games. Had eight touchdowns. Zed Nolan in a lot less games. Seven touchdowns, one interception. Luke Doty, I think, had I think he had six touchdowns or five touchdowns. 
I think he had five. Five touchdowns with three interceptions. He didn't play in but three games? Two or three. And he was crippled Mm -hmm. the whole time? Mm Mm-hmm. Broke foot. All of them. Better better record. All of them turned better numbers than what Rattler has at this point. Granted, against Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Spencer Rattler looked much better. Mm -hmm. But to this point, your offense looked horrendous. Mm-hmm. It looked like the same offense in the second half. You got a five-star running back. One week he looks great, the next week you can't move the ball hardly at all. Mm-hmm. You're running halfback draws on third and 15. Swing passes. Swing passes. By God, the swing passes. Swing pass that. Mm-hmm. Screen passes after screen pass after screen pass. Just maddening. Mm-hmm. Then you get on a four-game win streak. Gets your record up to five and two. You're playing Missouri. You're a favorite, a very reasonable favorite going into that game. Ranked 25 in the nation. You're ranked number 25 in the nation. You got home field advantage. And you go out there and you get blown Slap off the field. Quarterback play was terrible. Your starting running back got hurt, so you did not have much of a rushing attack whatsoever in that game. The defense, once again, this has been a reoccurring issue this season. This is nothing new. Other teams just didn't pay attention to it for a couple weeks. I don't know why. But the defense once again showed that if you run a read option or RPO style offense, or if you run a counter, the defensive ends, they are not going to contain the outside. They can't stop a cold. There's no containment. And you get embarrassed. You get spanked on your home field. And then in the post game of that, you have players saying, that wasn't us last week coming into this game. We just we really felt like we had made it. We really felt like we were there. We had made it. Mm-hmm. At five and two. Five and two. Three of those wins coming against Charlotte, Georgia State, and South Carolina State. Mm-hmm. Another one of those wins coming against a horrendous Texas A&M team. Grand, was the first time you beat them in school history. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And a Kentucky team who did not have to start quarterback and gave you everything you wanted and then some. <clears throat> and then you get told after the win to Vanderbilt, when the fans are starting to feel a little bit better, you got a little band-aid on the wound. You get told, yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of doom and gloom after Marshawn Lloyd was hurt. But I'm trying to think to quote it. Well, they were talking about all the outside noise about Marcus Satterfield. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mentioning how fan base has been calling for Marcus Satterfield's job, criticizing the play calling and everything else. And he says that the fan base needs to find some joy in their lives. Need to find some joy. It took you nine fucking weeks to find the second page in the fucking playbook. And you're going to tell me to find some joy? Find your playmakers on the field. Find the offensive coordinator. 
find a quarterback that can throw more touchdowns than interceptions. Find a defensive line coach who can teach the guys to contain the outside, because I thought we taught that in JV. Find a way to teach your team that five wins is not making it. You're not in the big times. You're five and two. Tennessee was undefeated at the time. Georgia's undefeated at the time. Hell, you got blown off your home field against Georgia. But we've made it. Beating South Carolina State, Charlotte, Georgia State, and two other SEC teams that were looking horrendous at the time. But we've made it. Not to mention your starting quarterback saying they didn't, they wouldn't taught them what they needed to do in that Missouri game. But find some joy. How about find some fucking ownership? Yeah, I, I, guys, don't get it twisted. I love Shane being one of the South Carolina hired. Supported them 100%. Up to this point, I've been a huge Shane Beamer fan. Supported him 120%. But Will Muschamp got run out of town because his offense wasn't putting up numbers. And ain't none of those offenses looked as bad as what this one has. You say week in, week out... Well, we got to find our playmakers. We got to find our playmakers. Well, I ain't seen any of them on the back of a damn milk carton. <laughs> Last time I checked, they all in the locker room. They on campus. They there. They practice. They dressed out. They at the game every week. Yep. Is Stevie Wonder out there? You can't see him? <laughs> we got John Cena. You can't see me? I mean, <laughs> seriously. But we need to find some joy. And to top it all off, he let something slip in the post game and I was already pissed off. So you know what? Maybe maybe he's just got a bug up his ass. Let me just let me just calm down a little bit. Let me just calm down a little bit. But then he had his press conference again today. And he has asked again, he said, uh I said, Coach, are you planning on running, doing the play calling similar to what y'all ran against Vanderbilt this past weekend? Are y'all planning on doing that play calling going forward, same style play calling? And his comment was, oh, we've been running those same plays all season. You've been, we, we didn't change anything. That's the same plays you've been seeing all season to this point. Bullshit. Bullshit. Also made a comment last week when they said uh, that play with the carry on joiner. Was that something y'all drew up in practice last week and found a way to incorporate Joiner in the game? No, we've been practicing that since August. We've been practicing that same place since August. Where the hell has it been? Where was it at? I'm sorry, did you lose your playbook? Was it on the second page? Because, I mean, we, we've been running the same, hell, it seems like the same 10 damn scripted plays over and over again all season. Mm-hmm. Where was that against Arkansas? Where was creativity? Georgia. Mm-hmm. Where was creativity? Missouri. Missouri. Where was that creativity?
Find some joy. Sounds like you need to find a little bit of fucking humbleness. Can't disagree with you. I just, um, like I said, guys, I've supported Beamer up to this point 100%. I still support him. Mm-hmm. So the coach still like him. But when you come at the fan base like that, and don't get me wrong, guys, don't get it twisted. This is the ACC and SEC football podcast. But I told y'all from the start, I'm tell it like it is. And I told y'all from the start, I am a diehard South Carolina Gamecock fan through the good and the bad. And it has been a lot of bad. <laughs> the, la- the better half of the last decade. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad. But the last time I checked, they sold out every single home game this season. Got embarrassed by Georgia. Got embarrassed by Missouri. Played piss poor in a couple of our wins. Mm-hmm. Fans kept coming back. You had the fan support. The fans got a win this past Saturday night. My started feeling a little bit good, a little bit better. And then you take a swing at the fan base. I take it personal because I am a fan. Yep. I'm a part of that fan base. And when you insult that fan base and don't you say you did, I don't give a damn what anybody said. That is an insult. This is SEC football. You're expected to be the best of the best in college football. Mm -hmm. Are we asking for natties? No. Last year was good. It was great. We made progress. We got back to bowl eligibility. Damn. But this year, we got a five-star quarterback. We got a lot more weapons in the receiver room. Got a loaded running back room. Defense returned a bunch of players. Got some guys in the transfer portal. This team is loaded. It is loaded. Extreme talent. And the misuse of talent this season in some of these games. It's criminal. If the fan base wasn't asking questions, I'd be more worried about that. Yeah. You ain't- and you're a professional. You're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. You're getting paid millions of dollars to do this job. So if the fans at home are noticing these problems, why are y'all not? Yeah. I mean, damn. Missouri knew what plays you were calling, for heaven's sakes. They literally knew what plays y'all were calling. Your players admitted it. Yeah. They knew exactly when we were passing the ball. They knew when we were running the ball. All I'm going to say is I'm a diehard. I'm a diehard South Carolina fan. But you will have our 100% support. No doubt. But when there's a when you put a bad product on the field, and make no mistake about it, you're the head coach. You put that product out there. Those coaches, that supporting staff, that they're doing a bad job of play calling, they're the people you hired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your job to make those changes. Friends and business don't work. Mm-hmm.
you have our support. But when you put a bad product on the football field and we start asking questions and you want to get take a swing at the fan base that's had your back, you better stay in your damn lane, dude. Yeah. And I get it. <clears throat> to a point. To a point, I get it. Because your motto is above all else, love your brother. And I, I get that you want to try to wait until the end of the season to make any sort of changes or anything like that. And I get to a point of trying to have Satterfield's back, but at the same damn time, you need to take ownership of what's going on and not try to deflect, not try to, to you know, to call out the fan base because we've got questions or, you know, we want to see a change. You know what? Find some joy. Maybe our joy is watching Carolina football, and we're not very joyful right now with the product that you're putting on the field. Above all else, love thy brother. This football team, this fan base, we're all one big family. That has been said numerous times. Mm -hmm. So when you're willing to verbally bitch slap, the hell was that? Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry guys. (laughs) But when you're willing to verbally bitch slap, 70 plus thousand, no, no, let me rephrase that, over a hundred thousand, over a hundred thousand of your brothers to protect one, well, I have to start asking myself, are we really brothers? Yeah. Are we really one big happy family or is there some loyalty, is there some other things that are above family? That are above the fan base, the school. Right. <clears throat> you have my support, dude, but all I'm saying is don't pull that shit again. Shane, I get it. The man, he was a groomsman. I believe it was in your wedding. Or you were a groomsman in his wedding. I'm not sure which. So I get it. Your friendship goes past the field. But again, business and friendship that don't mix. If you want to stay a head coach at South Carolina and want to be here for as long as you want to be, you're going to have to make some changes. And in your line of work, I mean, you're going to have to make decisions that may not work to your friendship. And to insult the fans, Bo, that's... I don't know. I mean, everybody that was at your... Sorry to cut you off, but to, yep. to accuse your fan base of not being loyal, yeah. not being supportive after selling out home game after home game after home game after home game, home game the whole season. Hell, the meet and greets, Bo. We went to a meet and greet this year, met Shane Beaver, and the fans and everybody out there just couldn't get enough of being able to talk how Shane Beaver, being excited about this team, being, you know, that was our joy to be able to meet Shane Beamer, to be able to meet, you know, just just to be a part of the team, to feel like we're a part of this team. And for you to verbally bitch slap us, that's some bullshit. Man. Makes you feel betrayed. <clears throat> I mean, how I met the guy, I thought I was tickled. No, I mean, shit. The guy, I said, damn, I think the hell, I think the world of this guy. I mean, 
And don't get me wrong, I think Shane Beamer is a hell of a man. I think he's a hell of a guy, great person. I really do. But need to get your priority straight there, bud. Absolutely, man. And I get it. it's 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 a stressful situation. You don't really know what to say in those sort of things. I get it. Find some joy. <laughs> That's some bullshit, dude. <laughs> you know, like I said, I get the stressor. <laughs> I ain't going there. Have you ever met a college football fan base that's happy about losing? Fuck no. I mean, Absolutely I mean, seriously. Not. Absolutely not. I mean, hell, Duke's been losing for 20 years. They still get pissed off when they lose. Yeah. Virginia Tech has had a bad run in the last, hell, ever since Frank Beamer left, really. Just once they had two good seasons. Mm-hmm. And they've been on a bad skid since then. They're still pissed off. Yeah. Vanderbilt fans, wherever they are, <laughs> all three are still pissed off. We got your back, man, but we, we you got to have our back, too. And going forward, still got your back. Still support you 100%. Fool me once, shame on me. But if you do it, if you fool me twice, shame on you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just... Steve Spurrier, what I love so much about Steve Spurrier is I remember his first season here. Or no, 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 it was the second season, 2006. It, it might have been 05. It was either 05 or 06. I remember we was playing Auburn at home. Auburn was ranked number two in the country at the time. They had Kenny Irons playing running back. Great running back, dude. That was a great team that year. South Carolina was unranked. I remember in that game, we stopped Auburn. I think it was three different times inside the five-yard line. Made them go four and out, turnover on downs inside the five-yard line. Savelle Newton was quarterback that game. Played a hell of a game. Exciting football. Exciting football. We lost by a field goal. And the fans were ecstatic. We had just lost to number two in the country. And we'd had some bad years. Lou Holtz last couple of years. 2004 was a better year, but then you lost your boys, built it with the brawl, the clumps and everything, got drugged in Death Valley. This fan base, we were excited mm-hmm. for losing by three points. And Steve Spurrier said it best. He said, I appreciate the fans. He said, but do not clap for this team and do not cheer for this team when we lose. Losing is not acceptable. He said, we will be better. We should be better and we will be better. But do not support us for losing. Because I don't want my players to think it's acceptable. Find some joy. Come on, man. Yep. You should talk with your mentor a little bit more. Absolutely. But uh, that being said, man, you got anything else you want to touch on? No, sir. I believe you said it best.
we was going to try to do the buy, sell, or hold this episode, but I think we're going to save it for either tomorrow night or Thursday night, good Lord willing. Yep. We're going to go over the games this upcoming weekend. And have another good episode for y'all. But that's all I got for tonight. Yes, sir. We appreciate y'all. And don't forget, man. I mean, hit us up on, on the Twitters. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, all the socials, man. We, we love to talk football. Absolutely. We appreciate your support. Also, uh, everybody who responded to that article I wrote on our page last week and shared some groups. Got a lot of interaction, some good, some bad. But I just want to say, I sincerely appreciate each and every one of y'all's feedback. I really do. Even the ones who disagree, I appreciate that even more. Because you gave me an insight on some outlooks of where, okay, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe there's something I didn't see. Maybe there's some potential you see them that I didn't. And I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Makes you think. I learn. And you learn from negative feedback. Mm-hmm. Coincidence, we're ending on that note. (laughs) But I just want to say thank you to all you guys. And until next time, let's keep those drinks cold. Let's keep those chains moving. Go Gamecocks.